Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. As always, I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by my friend and fellow podcaster, Nate Wade. Nate is amazing. He's an incredibly welcoming and loving person, and we'll dive a little bit into that in this show. Um, before we begin the show, of course, I'll share my usual message, but before I get into that, I want to say Nate has an amazing show called Everyone Has a Story, which is very similar. If you enjoy this show, you'll no doubt enjoy his show, probably even more because he's talked to, he was telling me after the show, he's talked to authors and filmmakers and apparently a lot of Australians. So of course, as always, I'll encourage you that after this show, after this episode, take some time, just five minutes to listen to the people around you. Because remember, those are the people that really matter. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Nate Wade, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show. We had a great chat just a couple days ago. And on every episode, I start off the show um, asking the guest how we know each other. So if you wouldn't mind filling in the audience on on how we know each other, uh, it's a really short story. It's a really recent story. You could tell our whole history right now if you wanted to, uh, if you want to take that away. Yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you, the first time I, I heard from you, uh, you reached out to me um, just via a, a, a tweet. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, I think I was, I think you reached out to me when I was thinking about rebranding my website, my uh, my uh, podcast uh, name, I think it might be what it was. But yeah, so we just started, we connected that way and we started uh, DMing each other and we just said, hey, let's be on each other's podcast. Found out that we were both in the state of Idaho. That helped. That was a big thing. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is with everything being shut down right now, um, you're one of the few guests I've had on recently that you're close enough that we could have met up in person uh, had we been in a different situation right now. Uh, so maybe when all this is over, we'll have to go for lunch or something. Yeah, do, do something. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is cool to meet another uh, podcaster here in Idaho. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation we had on Saturday, which um, it won't look like that the way these episodes will be released. But um, I, I saw your show and uh, I... I listened to a couple episodes and I'm like, this guy does exactly what I do. I love it. And I, I love your message. And uh, and your message is everyone has a story, which I'm sure will come up uh, as we go throughout the show here. Um, but a after we do this little introduction of how we know each other, I like to find out a little bit more about you. Um, and usually we start with where are you from? So where are you from originally, Nate? Uh, originally, I was born in uh, Bozeman, Montana, but uh, my mom and dad got divorced when I was very young, just about a year old. And uh, my grandparents were already living uh, here in Idaho Falls, Idaho at that point. So once my mom and dad got divorced, my grandparents came up and told my mom, you're moving down with us. So we ended up here in Idaho Falls when I was about a year old. So uh, I guess for all intensive purposes, I am an Idahoan, and I've lived pretty much my entire life here in the, the grand city of Idaho Falls. Uh, actually, interesting fact, Montana is my favorite state, so congratulations on being born there. I Yes, I am happy, and some a lot of times I know I am mostly an Idahoan. I mean, I really can't deny that fact, but I kind of like to claim that I'm from Montana just because of that fact. <laughs> 
I mean, it's a nice thing, right? You can say yeah. you're from both, right? Absolutely, you bet. So, so growing up, did you, um, did you and your mom, did you have any siblings growing up too? I did not. No, um, I was uh, an only child, more or less. I actually found out later on in life that I do have some siblings, but I've never met them. I guess we can get into that later. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was just my mom and I growing up. My mom never remarried, so it was just her and I uh, the entire time. And so yeah, I was an only child, and and have some of those only child quirks. Uh, uh, maybe an overactive imagination. I had to find ways to keep myself entertained. Uh, maybe that a lot of people with a lot of large families, such as yourself, may not have to worry about. Um, but yeah, it, it can be kind of boring when you're the only child. But, you know, my mom was kind of fun. She was fun to hang out with and she would go play baseball with me and stuff like that because she's really into sports. So it wasn't too hard uh, to uh, find things to do. That's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit. So you played baseball. Um, what? Tell me about like the imaginative uh, things that you would do? Like, what was your imagination like? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my biggest, uh, probably the things I loved to do the most was uh, uh, read books, um, which is something that probably a lot of only children say. They love to read books because it's kind of a, a way to escape just the monotony of, of being by yourself. But I was also a big fan of music. So my mom bought me, uh, a, I'm old, <laughs> so my mom bought me a, a, an old record player a little child record player that uh, I got for my fourth or fifth birthday. And, and she gave me some records that I could listen to. So I would lock myself in the bedroom for hours and listen to these three records that she gave me over and over and over and over again. So I would sit there and pretend I was some sort of rock musician or playing the guitar or singing or whatever. So music has always been kind of my escape in one way or another. Um, uh, that's where I get my imagination for the most part. I don't play a lot. Well, I kind of play the guitar, but I haven't really taken that love for music and actually, you know, become creative myself as far as playing the guitar and stuff like that goes. Uh, this is a question you asked me on your show. Uh, who's your favorite artist? What's your, what's your favorite band right now? Hmm. Right now? Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's not fair. I'm supposed to ask that question. I've never actually thought about it myself. Currently, <laughs> currently, uh, I would say my, my favorite artist, uh, my all time favorite artist is you too. I just totally love you too. Really? Oh, just love him to death. Saw him in concert one time and it was like, uh, you know, it was like the pinnacle of my life. I could have died a happy person that night. If I, if I, if I died that night, I would have been very, very happy. But currently I, I really like, um, Fiona Apple. Uh, her new album came out about a week ago and it is amazing. I'm just totally in love with that album. And it's Fiona Apple is her name? Fiona. Yeah. Fiona Apple. She's been around for about 20, 25 years. She had a couple of big hits back in the nineties. Uh, but she, she always has like, she takes like 10 years to re release a record. So she's been around for 25 years, but she's only got like five albums out. <laughs> wow. And, and what kind of music it does she, does she do? Oh boy. That's kind of a hard, hard one to answer. It's, it's a kind of piano based rock, uh, in a way she's a pianist for the most part. Um, so it's kind of, it's poppy, but Back in the 90s, we would have called it alternative, you know, but I don't know what you'd call it these days. She's just she does weird music and I really hmm. like it. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Um, and uh, the the experience that that you described with you two, um, I'm curious because I I mean, I've heard you two songs like, you know, probably everyone else has. 
Um, but I'm not, I'm not overly familiar with them. And, uh, I, I don't think I'd describe myself as a fan necessarily. So what is it, uh, about you two that draws you, uh, into them? Uh, you know, they have very introspective music. Um, first of all, a lot of their songs have, uh, uh, kind of spiritual messages to them, or they're, um, based in some sort of like protesting music. See, U2 is an Irish band and they came of age really when the, when all of that chaos was going on heavily over there in Ireland, uh, with the, the IRA, um, and all the bombings and terrorist, uh, stuff that was going on there. Um, so their, their music is really heavily influenced by that. So there's a lot of protest type songs they have. I mean, really at their base, U2 is a punk rock band. But they've had huge hits at at one point, and maybe they kind of still are. They they were the world's like most famous and biggest rock band. They made more money than everybody else. Their concerts sold out. Uh, just they were just incredibly popular. Um, they've kind of waned off maybe in the past ten years or so because they're kind of getting old, like me. But uh, yeah, their music has just been uh, amazing. It's it's rock and roll for the most part. But yeah, I really love their interest, and they mix it with spiritual messages. So there's kind of a lot of uh, uh, Christ-like messages that come through because he was a you know he, I guess he considered himself a Christian. Bono is the lead singer, right? right. Huh. And yeah. And so um, for you, was it? Like, were you inspired by both kind of that, uh, that rebel sound as well as that spiritual sound? Like, did both of those connect with you? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think it was really, when I first heard them, I was probably 12 or 13 years old. And it was when they were probably the biggest that they ever were. They had songs like, I still haven't found what I'm looking for and where the streets have no name. And some of these songs like that, that were just huge. Uh, and I really wasn't a spiritual person at that point in time. So it was really the type of music that they played. Cause it sounded a lot different than most of the stuff that was on the radio in 1985 and 1986, you know, at back then we were listening to just really cheesy, bad 1980s pop music and you two came on the scene and they were, they didn't fit that bill. And I think that's what attracted me to them. Growing up then, did you feel, um, how do I, how do I word this question? Did you feel like, um, like, uh, cause I know for me personally, this, this was the case, uh, that I felt like music is kind of uh, a refuge, like you can get away to it. Was that something that you felt like, uh, listening to you two and, and any other artists that you liked as well? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like I said, being an only child, you kind of wrap yourself up in your own thoughts a lot. And on top of that, uh, I was overweight for most of my childhood. And so I was really picked on and I was bullied a lot. So yeah, music was definitely an escape. It was something I could just close the doors or the windows and uh, rock out to and kind of forget about the world or uh, find some sort of music that uh, was melancholy and depressing and just because... I felt like that. So I wanted to listen to that type of music and, you know, drown in my own angst, I guess. Hey, I'm a generation X. That's what we did. We drowned in our own angst. That's what we did. So, but anyway, yeah. So that was kind of the story. That's interesting. Uh, I I'm curious about your, like that, that experience, uh, listening to the more depressing music, especially when you're depressed. I think this is something everybody does. Like music has that way of drawing emotion out of us. 
Um, so did did listening to the more depressing songs and angsty songs, did that help you understand what you were feeling? Did it make it worse? Did it make you feel better? Like what what benefit or maybe or maybe harm did it do to you? I think for the most part, it made me feel better. I mean, there was some songs where probably I shouldn't have listened to or shouldn't have dwelt on too much maybe, but I think for the most part, it, it, it made me feel better. It made me feel like maybe there was somebody out there that felt the same way I did or, or maybe had the same thoughts and uh, problems that I did. Uh, I didn't feel so alone. I guess that's the best way to say it. I, I think that is a big part of it. Um is making you realize like you're not the only one feeling this way. I I mean you were an only child um and and so you had to have this creativity in, in your mind and stuff. Was there a point when you started to feel like you started making more friends in your life? Huh. Well, uh yeah, I mean I was always not only was I overweight and bullied, but I was always very shy when I was a kid. Uh and of course being bullied and picked on didn't help matters much. Uh, but I think when I actually started to make more friends, um, I, I I didn't go to church much when I was a kid. I maybe went to church twice uh, the entire time growing up. So when I was about 15 or 16, I was invited to this, uh, this church youth group um, by a friend of mine. And hesitantly and reluctantly, actually, I went. Um, and there was maybe 30, 35 kids there. And I walked into the room and they all for the, they all liked me, um, genuinely, you know, it wasn't like they were just putting on a show because everybody else is around. So they figured they needed to be nice to the new kid. They genuinely liked me. Um, and so the first time in my entire life, I felt like, you know, I was actually loved by my peers. So I actually really credit that. Uh, that youth group from for bringing me out of my my shell and uh, just showing me what true friendship and true love could be like. Out of that youth group, I found uh, at least two or well three of the best friends of my entire life came out of that youth group, and we've been friends for thirty years now because of it. So uh, it was it was definitely something that was a blessing in my life, and I'm I'm so thankful I I decided to go that night. Yeah, it's funny how one night can totally change your life, right? No, well, that's true. Absolutely. And so um, then then getting involved with this this youth group um, at a church, what did that do for you other than just giving you friends and, and having these people? I guess, what what's the difference between them and any other normal kid at school that they that they accepted you there and and not at school? Well, I guess that's kind of a good question. I mean, I didn't. There was probably a lot of reasons why I didn't fit in in high school. Um, you know, for one reason or another, whether or not I just, uh, you know, I was too poor, so I couldn't have all the nice things that everybody did. And and growing up in Idaho Falls, of course, there's a, you know, we have a, a dominant religion here in this area, and I wasn't part of it. So there was that disconnect as well that that even though I had good friends that I grew up with that were, were, were part of that religion, um, you know, it, there was always that disconnect because they they had their church friends and their church functions and Boy Scouts and things like that that I was never able to be a part of, uh, and so that that you know that kind of didn't help with my my social life. <laughs> so when I when I started going to this youth group, you know, I, uh, um, I think we had something in common, and I guess that was that was church. You know, uh, you know, uh, 
trying to figure out who Jesus was and whatnot. And so I think I really plugged in that way and, and felt a, a sense of camaraderie because of that. When you get into some group and uh, and you all kind of have some similar goal, something that you're that you're working towards and looking for, um, yeah, it definitely strengthens your relationships. And I know through uh, through different groups that I've been involved in in my life, um, I mean, podcasting is a great example uh, for me. I'm I know a ton of people that I wouldn't know otherwise, right? Um, and and some of my best friends have come out of this, right? Because we have this in common. If I saw them on the street, some people, uh, some other podcasters, if I saw them on the street, I can tell you we'd never just become friends. Um, but then because of this, it kind of, you know, it, it kind of works in that direction. Uh, I don't blame um, the religion in this area for making the kids be that way. It's just, it's just the way it is, right? Like we were saying, it's, it's that, you know, you're part of that group and you're part of that group and, and it just makes it difficult sometimes. So it has absolutely nothing to do, uh, with their religion at all. So please don't misunderstand me on that. Yeah. And yeah, cause it's just, it's circumstantial, right? That's just kind of how it shakes out sometimes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. so, so once you start, started making these friends, um, at this youth group, uh, what sort of things did you guys do for fun? The group activities, I mean, we did all kinds of things. But uh, as far as my – the friends that I ended up getting out of that group, we – we uh, gosh, we hung over uh, – hung out at each other's homes. We, we, we played video games. We played Pinochle because we were nerds. So that's what we did. <laughs> um, we we did we did some pretty stupid things that maybe I won't go into because I don't want to give anybody ideas. Um, just stupid teenager things that you do in Idaho Falls, Idaho, because it's a boring place to live. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, we did a lot of fun things, and we we had a lot of stuff in common, like movies and and. Uh, they were Star Trek and Star Wars nerds, and and I don't really want to admit that I am, but I am. And so we had that stuff in common, uh, common, and you know, I mean, they were lifelong friends. In fact, I I went to college with uh, two of them, and and was the roommate with one of them, and so you know, we've just been friends for like I said, three decades now, and still going strong. We don't live in the same towns anymore, but we still make sure we we stay in touch. So they've been a blessing. That is awesome. Um, I'm not even three decades old yet, uh, but I look forward to to the time when I can look at some of my friends and say, yeah, we've been buddies for three decades already. Um, I know I, lo- I look at some of my friends and I'm like, it's been a decade, you know? Right. Yeah. It does take work. It takes effort. Even with your best friends, it takes effort to stay in touch. Uh, but if you do, it, it'll be worth it. So... Um, so what do you do to, to stay in touch with these guys then since you're all separated now? Their family still lives here in Idaho Falls. So sometimes they'll come down for Christmas or the holidays or whatever. And we make sure that we always get together and hang out and have dinner or go to coffee or something like that and catch up. And then we also have our own little, uh, uh, Facebook messenger group that, uh, that we, we affectionately entitle the three amigos, um, that we touch base, you know, once or twice a week and just say, Hey, what's going on? Have you guys seen the new card episode on CBS all access yet, or, you know, just stupid things like that. Just, just dropping in and saying hi. It's all, you know, so it's, it's fun that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I gotta say, uh, you know, checking up on your thoughts on the, 
uh, Picard episodes. I don't think that's that's anything silly or anything. I think that that is something you need to talk to your friends about. Um, <laughs> at least in my opinion. Um, so, uh, so, so you're keeping in touch, and I mean, I mean, it's amazing modern technology that we're able to do that. Um, that that you can talk to people across the world. I I had a conversation with somebody in Nigeria today. And, you know, like, that's mind-blowing, right? Um, that, that you know, like, that, that you can keep in touch like that. I mean, years and years ago, you know, you'd be lucky if they come into town and you happen to see them, right? Um, but you, you mentioned going to college um, or university. And so uh, was, that, was that right after high school that you went and did that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you... <laughs> My college career has been interesting. I've went to four different colleges five different times. So, um, holy cow! Yeah, okay, fill me in. yeah. Well, <laughs> right after high school, I went to uh, a little college uh, uh, called Northwest Nazarene College. At that point, it's a university now, uh, and that's over in Nampa, Idaho. And uh, I went there for about a year. Basically, I followed a girl there. Uh, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. Um, it's a long story, but um, left there, and then I went to uh, Montana State University in Bozeman, Montana, and that's where I I roomed with with uh, my best friend, and my other best friend was there as well, and I went to school there for a year. The first year at Northwest Nazarene, I studied psychology, and then when I went to Montana State, I studied film and television. So here I've jumped majors twice already. Loved loved the film and television degree. Um, but I realized that, yeah, I realized I wasn't talented enough. So all I'd probably ever do is be like a cameraman for a local news network. And I really didn't want to do that. So um, I left Montana State and came back to Idaho Falls and uh, hung out here in Idaho Falls for quite a few years and got married. And then we moved over to Boise, uh, Idaho. And I went to school at Boise State a couple of times, studied communications the first time. Uh, I can't even remember what I studied the, the second time. I think it was business <laughs> or the, so there's four colleges, uh, or yeah, anyway, so many. And then I finally went to started to go back to school again. Um, when I was in my late thirties at, uh, an online school, uh, called Western Governors University. And I finally graduated through there with the information technology degree when I was 39 years old. So I was on the 20 year plan but I finally made it. Wow. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. I got That's tired awesome. of having those that dreams. Amazing. Yeah. I got tired of having those dreams yeah. where I'd show up to class in my underwear or I forgot, you know, <laughs> or, or the class was three months old and they have already had 10 tests or something like that. So I got really tired of those dreams. I haven't had one of those dreams since. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> Oh, that, that's got to feel good, eh? <laughs> it be, feels really just, good. You know, finally finished with it. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. But I don't so, use the degree. I, I'm, I'm not even in the IT field, but I have the degree, so. Wow. Okay. Because, okay, so um, what was the first first major you had when you went to um, Nazarene College? Is that what it was called? Uh, yeah, Northwest Nazarene. Yeah, Northwest uh, I, Nazarene. it was a psychology major. Psychology, mm -hmm. and then and then you went to Bozeman, uh, or was it Montana mm -hmm. State in Bozeman? Um, right. Yes. And you did film and television, 
right? Yeah, it was called Media in Theater Arts was the name of the degree. But yeah, it was film and television, basically. Okay. Um, and then and then which was the next one? Uh, I didn't go to school for quite a while. And then I went to Boise State. And then you went uh, to Boise. In Boise. State. Okay. Yeah. And I studied, um, I think it was communications. Wow. Okay. And then you went and did information technology, right? No, I dropped out of Boise State and then I went back to Boise State and I studied business. And you studied business. Holy uh, cow. <laughs> so the problem was because I jumped major so many times, I never actually made any progress. So when I went back to school with at Western Governors University, I pretty much had to start at a freshman level again because I didn't have that many prerequisites you know, right. underneath my belt. I did, but they weren't for that major, you know, so right. it kind of sucked. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, do, I don't recommend it. Don't, don't do that. It's not, it's not a good idea. No, but I mean, it, it, it makes a great story, <laughs> right? <laughs> $45,000 worth of a great story. I guess. <laughs> uh, and I mean, spread out over 20 years, right? So, you know, uh, well, actually, that's the last major. I don't even want to know how much I spent on the first times I went. This is just the current, uh, right? The current student loan bill. <laughs> okay. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Um. I mean, okay. Yeah, but want, yeah. But you picked up a lot along the way, right? Like you learned a lot of stuff. Uh, I I picked up a lot of debt. Oh oh oh, learned a lot. Of, yes yes, I learned I learned a lot of stuff for sure. <laughs> And so, so a lot of it was good. It was fun. I don't regret going to Boise State and I don't regret going to Montana State. Um, I would go back to Montana State in a heartbeat and do something there just because that's where I was actually born was in Bozeman. And I love that town. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is a gorgeous, beautiful place to be. And Montana State is one of the most gorgeous college campuses I've ever seen. Um, it's just really expensive to live there and to go to school there. So I'll have to... Um... I'll have to check it out sometime. I, I drive through Montana pretty regularly, and it is a beautiful state. It is gorgeous. Um, I I would say highly underrated. Yeah, yeah. The western side of the state, the eastern side of the state, nah, it's okay. But the western side is beautiful. Um, and I'm fortunate enough that the western side is what I drive through. Uh, so, um. So, so, I mean, you had all this different college experience. You tried all these different things. Um, is, uh, and, and now you don't even use the degree that you did eventually get. Um, so f- fill me in a little bit. Um, what are some of the coolest things that you learned during that whole process? It can be academically speaking or just things that you learned about yourself. I, I'd say the things I learned about myself was that um, I really have to um, – make sure that I complete things. Um, I was obviously, you know, at a certain point when you look back, hindsight's always twenty twenty, And it's a lot easier to complete a degree when you're 19, 20, 21 years old than it is when you're 40. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you're not mature enough to actually get through those, those programs. And that was definitely the case for me. I wasn't mature. I'm not necessarily sure I'm mature now. But at least I understood now that, hey, it, 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 it says something to actually uh, complete something. And so I was very proud of myself that I was able to complete something because I think what happened, um, you can kind of trace it back even maybe before college, but I had a tremendous habit of starting things and not finishing it. 
whether it be college or jobs or, you know, my homework in high school, things like that. Um, I just would start it and I wouldn't finish it. Or I would, um, I would do the homework and I wouldn't hand it in or, you know, whatever. My teachers always told my mom in parent teachers conferences that they loved me. They thought I was a great kid. I just never did my homework. That was the, the quote every single time. Uh, so it created a, a habit throughout my entire life of starting something and not finishing it. And there was a few times where that was a serious issue because I would start a job and I would quit without having another job lined up. And I would have a family at that point with three kids and, um, I would leave my family basically in kind of financial dire straits because I was stupid and, you know, we quit suddenly, you know, not even a two weeks notice, just like I'm done and leave. Uh, so part of going back to school, I think was trying to help myself know that I could actually complete something and finish it. Um, and I did, you know, and, and I am actually the first uh, person in my entire family to graduate from college. So that's also a, a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, so, but it, it helped me realize too, that, you know, this is what I've got to do. And, and I've, I've matured a heck of a lot and I have not, you know, done that kind of a thing, especially with jobs for a very, very, very long time. Um, so I'm planning on keeping it that way. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, obviously, uh, you proved to yourself, uh, that you can finish something by, by completing your degree. Um, and so what, what did that feel like for you when you were done, when it was over other than, you know, stopping all the nightmares? <laughs> well, uh, it, it felt amazing. Um, you know, it was an online school, but they did have a, a an actual graduation. Um, the headquarters of the school is in Salt Lake. So we went down to Salt Lake and, and was part of the graduation. And uh, it felt amazing to, to walk up on that stage and receive that diploma and know that I had actually completed something and was able to get all the way through without starting and stopping. It was, it was a great feeling. It felt like, uh, um, just success, I guess. Success would be a good word. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and so since then, um, what are some small successes that you've, that you've seen in your life? Keeping with things. I, I like I said, it all comes back to that. So the job I have right now, I've, I've been currently with this job for, uh, seven years and it's, it's one of the best and, you know, I guess high paying jobs I've ever had. Um, they appreciate me here. I, I'm, uh, I'm wanted, I guess that's a good thing. Um, so that's good. And then just even like this podcast, it's something that I wanted to start. Uh, but I, I made a commitment to myself that I, if I was going to do it, I was not going to get frustrated or mad or burned out if I didn't have the success that I thought I should have with my podcast. And so at this point, I, you know, I, I, I'm 70 episodes in and I haven't stopped. I've been doing it for, I guess it's about two years now. And, uh, you know, my goal is to at least make it to a hundred episodes before I even think of, uh, you know, stopping, but I don't know if I'll even stop then, but, but it's my goal and, and I'm, I'm almost there. I've only got 30 episodes to go. Well, I'm glad I made it in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and like I said, at the top of the episode, like I, I love what you're doing. I think from, we're about at the same. I think you're you're the 68th person that I've interviewed, so we're right around the same range. 
um, of episodes, which is really funny. Um, and and so I want to hear a little bit about leading up to the show, because clearly you, you've made some great commitment here. Um, so leading up to the show, what what was your thought process? Why did you want to start it? Well, I got into podcasts probably around 2009, 2010 timeframe. Um, I've had lots of jobs too. So before this job, I was working at the post office uh, as kind of a permanent temp, if that makes any sense. Um, so because of that, I had a lot of time to listen to to podcasts and, and uh, I really got uh, hooked on a podcast by the name of WTF, which is a guy by the name of Mark Mar- Marin. And uh, it's not uh, a clean podcast by any means. I mean, you know what WTF stands for, so obviously it's not going to be clean. Uh, but uh, he, he he does an interview show and he what I really love about his interview style is the looseness that he does it in. It's a very loose interview style. He doesn't have set questions that he asks his guests. It's just a conversation he has about whatever ends up coming up during the course of the conversation. So I've really idolized that and tried to make my podcast that same way. Uh, but what I what I started to realize when I'd see all these podcasts floating around is that all the interview style shows always had uh, famous people on them. And I always thought, well, I mean, that's great. And I love hearing their stories. You know, of course I want to listen to those, but, um, everybody's got a story and everybody should, you know, be interviewed because I think the person you pass on the street or you meet in the grocery store is probably going to have as interesting of a story and maybe more so than that Hollywood actor that just got interviewed. And so that was always kind of my basis. And I'm like, I'm going to create a podcast called everyone has a story that, I interview normal everyday people for the most part and figure out what makes them tick, what what's made them who they are, what kind of struggles they went through, what kind of joys they've they've had in their life and and that kind of stuff. So I thought about it for quite a few years before I finally just took the dive uh, back in 2018 and said, let's do this thing and uh, started it up. I love that. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I think we're kindred spirits. Um in in that view that yeah you know everybody matters that person that you pass in the grocery store like you mentioned um they probably do have an amazing story uh so so looking at some of those amazing stories that you've that you've had the opportunity to hear on the show uh what are some that stand out to you as as particularly impactful or memorable well i i've had such an eclectic um mix of people, uh, everybody from podcasters to authors, um, to my, you know, just close friends that have been on the show. But I would say the ones that have stood out to me the most, I, I interviewed, um, I interviewed a a girl from church and she's a, she's a fantastic lady. Um, but boy, she had just an incredible life as far as dealing with drugs and and uh, being raped and, and all that kind of stuff. And she, if you just met her, you would never know that because she's very happy and hyper. And, and But then you start talking to her and you realize she's just had a, a, a kind of a dark past. And so I wanted to find out why she's so happy. You know, of course, her, her attitude was is that, you know, Jesus <laughs> can do miracles and, and he's done miracles in her life. Uh, and so that's why she's, she's the way she is now, but it was a impactful interview. And, and then just, uh, just this past Monday, I released an episode, uh, of a guy who 
maybe a little bit more famous than some of the other people I've interviewed. His name is Shane Claiborne, uh, and he's a um, he's kind of a internationally known activist and preacher and author and stuff. And it was just a fantastic interview. And I just love the way the guy talks about living life like Jesus, you know, following the red letters in your Bible, uh, because, you know, those are the words that are what Jesus said. And uh, he just, he just kind of just has a different way of looking at life than maybe a lot of other church people have. And uh, he just really thinks that we should actually live like Jesus. I know it's a novel concept, but (laughs) he really believes it. Uh, and so he has things, you know, he believes like he's against the death penalty and, um, he's not necessarily anti-gun, but he thinks that there's maybe a little too many guns in this country. And so he, he doesn't, he doesn't knock anybody for having their guns, but if he'll take them from you, if you want to give them to him and he turns them into garden, garden tools. So he makes hoes and rakes and stuff with these old guns that he collects. So, uh, he worked with mother. Yeah, it's a face. He's, he's an amazing guy. Um, he worked with Mother Teresa for a while, and I mean, he's just a really cool guy. So it was a really fun interview to do and to talk to. And I was, re- I just reached out to him out of the blue and said, "Hey, would you mind being on the podcast?" And he gets back. He's like, "Yeah, no problem." No, and I was like shocked and floored because uh, I didn't think I'd even hear back from him, let alone him being willing to be on the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, those are a couple. I mean, there's so many different interviews with so many different people that I've talked to, uh, such as yourself. Uh, that'll be up here in a few weeks, but. I, I interviewed a guy that um, was from, um, where was he from? He was from Australia. I've interviewed a lot of Australia. I actually have this big following in Australia. I can't figure it out. but um, Really? Yeah, I've, I've interviewed like four or five people from Australia already, and uh, they've been fun to, to interview. Uh, but this guy, he, he had the, some of the weirdest stories, and the biggest one was he was in, I think it was uh, – Thailand or something like that. And he was with a group of coworkers and they ended up accidentally kidnapping the Thai princess. And, um, he, he ended up in jail and he ended up getting flogged a couple of times for kidnapping this Thai princess. Just a weird story. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just listening to this guy with my mouth clear down to the ground. Cause I can't believe it's true, but it's a pretty amazing story. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, every everyone has a story, right? Like, yeah. What yeah. else can you say? Yeah. Um, so, so after hearing all of these stories, mm-hmm. um, what what's what's a specific way that it's impacted you as an individual? Well, you begin to realize after you talk to people that um, we're all human, right? And we may have differences in politics, uh, differences in religion, or maybe just even differences in how we grew up and where we grew up at. Uh, you know, you grew up in, in Canada and, and I grew up here um, in lower Canada. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? We're Idaho. It's, it's right on the border, right? Anyway. Um, right, yeah. Uh, but we're all still human and we still have that connection. And so if we we're just able to look past all of that that politics and that religion, especially, those two things seem to be the biggest kickers with a lot of people. Um, if we can look past those two things and sit down and have a cup of coffee and just literally talk to people, um, we're going to figure out that we've probably got a lot more in common than we don't. Um, and that, I think, has been the biggest thing, especially, especially here in the United States when we've got such a divisive – uh, 
you know, place where, I mean, we're just so divided down party lines and, and with the advent of social media, everybody has a sounding board and they can say dumb things and they don't have to worry about the repercussions of calling people names and saying things to people because they never see them face to face. And I think that's been probably one of the worst things for our society. And so I hope our, my podcast, uh, at least a little bit, um, helps people understand that, you know what, that person has a weird story, but there's also things that I'm like, wow, yeah, I never thought about it that way. Or, yeah, that's not bad. Man, I'm glad I listened to this guy today or listened to that lady today, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's always amazing what you find out when you listen, right? Yeah, that's the key word right there. Yeah. Um, and so I guess l- looking forward to um, to the future, right now um, you have a family, you have a podcast, you have a job, um, all of these things that you love and you care about, you have an awesome message that you're uh, spreading and sharing with people. Um, what, what do you hope to, to see uh, in the future? What are kind of your goals going forward? Well, um, I would say my, my goals going forward would be to continue to do this podcast, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And the cool thing about this podcast is that even if I don't have uh, anybody ever listen to the show, um, it doesn't really matter to me because I'm getting something out of it. And I'm uh, being blessed by the conversations I'm having with people. And so that's really honestly enough for me. It, it may not have been the the goal at the beginning, but it certainly has turned into that uh, at this point. And then as far as my family goes, I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that they all grow up and move out of the house. And <laughs> no, anyways, I've got one kid that's out of the house and three that are still still hanging around, but uh, they're, they're still in high school. So I guess that's fair. Um, but um, I'd kind of like, <laughs> I, uh, my wife and I have thought seriously about opening up a bed and breakfast in the future. And so we're kind of doing some research and trying to figure out uh, where we'd, we would want to do that at and just all the logistics that go around doing that kind of thing. That's our biggest goal. That would be super, super cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm curious. I'm a little curious about, um, about why. Uh, why why would you want to do a bed and breakfast? Well, I, I think it goes back to the love of people again. I mean, if you're going to run a bed and breakfast, you have to at least want to be around people and find out new things about people. Um, and And so I think that's one of the things that has attracted us to a bed and breakfast. It's a lot more intimate than a hotel or a motel. And, you know, you, you make breakfast for the people and you might talk to them. And, and I think it's, you know, we want in our bed and breakfast, we want it to be a heck of a lot more interactive too, and, and, and actually spend time with the guests if they want to and chat with them and, and, and find out a little bit more about them. Uh, my wife and I went to Colorado last year, uh, and stayed in a couple of bed and breakfasts. And one of the bed and breakfasts we stayed in, we had breakfast with a couple from Spain and a couple from Russia. And we had the most amazing conversation I think I've had in a long time from two different perspectives um, besides the, you know, mine. It was it was just it was, it was just amazing to hear people talk about who they were and their their, uh, you know, their thoughts on world affairs based on where they were from. It was really fascinating conversations. That would be really, really cool. Um, and you'll have to let me know if you ever open up a bed and breakfast. I, I would love 
love to come for a visit. Um, I, I think that sort of thing is super, super cool. Um, so, so with all, all that we've looked at for your life and there's a million things that we could, um, could dive more into. Um, but looking at your experiences in school, the way that you've made friends, the, the people you've found throughout your life, and then ultimately this journey to, you know, having this podcast where you're chatting with so many different people and hearing all of these different stories and sharing them uh, with the world. And I mean, I think a, a bed and breakfast is an extension of that, right? Like meeting more people. Clearly, clearly you have found a love uh, for people and hearing these different perspectives, which is fantastic. Um, so at the end of your life, when you're wrapping it all up, uh, when you're saying your goodbyes, however old you are, uh, hopefully at least a hundred, we'll see. Um, and, uh, and, and you're sitting there and you're looking back on everything. Uh, what are you most satisfied with and what are you most proud of? With your life, well, I would hope that uh, at the end I would be proud of making my family a priority and um, being happy that um, I've been a, a good dad and I guess you could say <laughs> a better dad than my dad, um, and just you know being there for for my kids whenever they've needed me and and just being a part of their life. Uh, it's been a blessing to this point, and I hope it continues to be. Uh, and beyond that, I just hope that if people, um, I, I hope to leave a legacy of, of of kindness and of grace and of mercy and just, um, you know, I, I've been shown that tenfold by my, um, you know, by my Savior, and I and I hope I can I can extend that to others around me, and I hope that that's the legacy I leave. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you for sharing your life with us uh, today. And since it is the end of the interview, um, if you want to take a minute or two and plug everything you would like to plug, uh, the the floor is yours for that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, if you like Alex's uh, type of podcast, I as we've talked about, my podcast is, is quite similar. It's called Everyone Has a Story, and you could find that anywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, uh, Spotify, anywhere like that. You can also reach out to me on Twitter. I'd love to chat with you. My handle is uh, Kanate Radio. That's K-N-A-T-R-A-D-I-O. You can also find my uh, Facebook page, Everybody Has a Story, on Facebook. Uh, or Instagram and reach out to me on there. I would love to chat with you. And if anybody wants to share uh, a conversation with me, love to have you on the program as well, but go on Alex's program first. All right. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, links for all of that will be in the description. And again, thank you for joining us today, Nate. Thank you, Alex. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for listening, not just to the show, but to the people around you. I know that as we listen intently to the people around us, we can change the world. Like Nate said, everyone has a story. Everyone. So go out and find the stories of the people around you and enjoy them, even if it's just for five minutes. Mecco.